Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Father God, we indeed are just so grateful that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in this moment and on this day, we celebrate all of the beautiful, bountiful gifts that you have given us in this day of rest, but also in this Christmas season. And so, Lord, we just come before you and just ask that wherever we might be and with whomever we might be, that you would just fill our hearts. And as we dive into your word, that you would open our minds and open our eyes and our ears, that we can hear what your spirit wants to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas for kids nowadays, I mean, they see the Amazon truck coming and they know, oh, the gifts are coming, like the gifts are here. I don't know if that Amazon is, is killing Christmas or making it easier for us parents, but the kids, they see these boxes and they're wondering, is this my gift? Is this my gift? Every time the doorbell rings. But nonetheless, they give us this list and on this list are the things that they want and they believe that we as their parents, as good parents as we are and try to be, are going to the best of our ability and within our financial means, we're going to actually get them these gifts. And yet, when I think about Christmas, I think about possibly the very first Christmas, the very first Christmas, and the reason why we celebrate Christmas, the day that Jesus was born. And yes, I know there is debate, and most people already know that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th. We're not going to get into that. That's not the point of today's message. But the point of today's message is that the very first Christmas that humanity ever experienced when Christmas was introduced and ushered into this world and we were made aware of it, the very first Christmas, the gift that we received was actually a gift that was on our list. It was on our list. It was not maybe on my list or maybe on your list, but it was on our parents' list. Go with me all the way back to Genesis, Genesis and chapter three. And I know you've listened to any of my sermons. I spent a lot of time going back to Genesis because I just believe there's so much that we can learn from Genesis about what happened and why it happened and why we are where we are today. So in Genesis in chapter three, we know that Adam and Eve found themselves in the garden and the world was perfect and everything was good. They, Eve found herself at the tree of knowledge and good and evil. She ate this fruit. And the Bible tells us in Genesis in chapter 3 that the moment that she ate this fruit, that all of paradise in that moment was lost. She gave the fruit to her husband, Adam. He ate, and they looked at each other, and they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. So they, fold, they, 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 they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Then the Bible tells us in Genesis 3 that they heard the voice of God walking in the coolness of the day, and because they heard God's voice, and because they recognized that they were naked, they hid themselves from God. God comes, and he says, Adam, where are you? Adam shows up, and I want to pick it up in verse, in verse 
10 of Genesis in chapter 3, the Bible says, he replied, Adam, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten? The man replied in verse 12, it was a woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? She said, the serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. The serpent then said, then God said to the serpent, because you have done this. Now check this out. God says to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Another translation says he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy the pain that you will give birth and the pain you will give birth and you will desire the control to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I command you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. He goes on to say, all your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and dust you shall return. I can only imagine, and I would love for you to just in a moment, imagine with me possibly how Adam and Eve were feeling in that moment, the moment, the moment Eve took the fruit and she ate it and she realized that, wow, this was everything that the serpent said it was. It, it, it has given me this new perspective on life. And she ran to her husband, excited that she had now discovered this new hidden truth that God possibly was trying to hide from her. And Adam, I can only imagine what he was thinking as he saw his wife running to him, holding this fruit, recognizing that there is some, some conflict here because she's holding the very thing God told her not to eat and yet I love this woman with all of my heart and he didn't want to abandon her and so he takes that fruit and he eats that fruit and in that moment in that moment together both of them realize the gravity of what they have done I mean, just imagine, like, like, like if you were given a precious gift. I mean, just say like someone gave you like a brand new, you know, brand new Rolls Royce. And you take it out, and as soon as you pull it out of the driveway, you, like, run into a tree. Like, it's like one of those, but even greater. It's one of those feelings where I can imagine that they realized we had just been given the keys to a perfect planet. And all we had to do was not eat of this fruit. And the one thing that we did do was eat of the tree that he told us not to eat. The gift of life eternal life, the gift of peace, the gift of eternal joy, the gift of no pain, no heartache, no hardship, no struggle that God had given to them when they were born and they were birthed and formed out of the dust of the ground, that gift they had now forfeited. And I can only imagine the shame and the agony and the fear that must have come over them. I'm sure, I'm sure someone can relate to me if you've ever made a, 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 a crazy mistake before. Someone trusted you and you violated their trust. And you know, you knew in the moment that you messed up. It was a colossal failure. 
maybe you were, had a scholarship to school, all you had to do was keep like a 2.5 GPA and you couldn't do that and you lost your scholarship. Maybe you were, maybe you were dating the girl of your dreams and all you had to do was to just be committed to her but you'd messed up that and you didn't do that and, and you lost the girl. I don't know what it is for you. But I can imagine that in all of our lives, if we look back, we can all imagine, we can all remember times when we have made some of the dumbest decisions we had ever made before and how we probably wish, I wish I could have that one back. I can only imagine that Adam and Eve in that moment said to themselves, I wish we could have this one back. Like, can we just rewind the clock? like five minutes, 10 minutes, like just rewind it. Like, can we just go back in the time? I promise I won't do it again. Like I can imagine how they were feeling. The Bible says that shame came over them. They realized that they were naked and that they were ashamed. They covered themselves and then fear was birthed inside of them because of the, 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 the gravity of what they had done. They heard God come walking through the cool of the day and they hid. Now, I believe in that moment, and this is my own little pastoral preacher reading into the text just a little bit. I believe in that moment right there, Adam and Eve wrote out their Christmas list. I believe they wrote out the one or two things that they wanted more than anything else. Like as soon as they knew what they had done and they sold the fig leaves together and they were hiding from the voice of God, I'm sure in the back of their mind, they were like, oh God, what have we done? Can I just have this moment back? God, please, can I just have peace back? Can I just have God just take away whatever this new feeling of fear that I'm experiencing? Because they had never felt it before. It was a foreign emotion to them until that moment. God, if you can just take away this feeling of, of shame that I'm experiencing right now. Like, 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 and I can imagine that in their mind, yeah, they didn't have pen and paper and it wasn't Santa Claus sitting on, the, on Santa, someone's lap. But I can imagine in their mind they were writing a list of what they hope for and dream for and, 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 and earnestly desired, that they could just have peace, just joy, that they could have everything that they had just lost. Just like my daughters who wrote out their list, and they probably gave it to my wife and I maybe three or four weeks ago. Every day after they wrote that list, they were looking for those gifts. <laughs> they could not wait for the manifestation of those gifts. In fact, it was last Sabbath that my oldest daughter, Emily, would not leave us alone because throughout all of church and on the way home from church and every, every moment after at church at home, she kept on asking us, can we open our gifts? Can we open our gifts? And it was like to the point where I was like, girl, I'm going to take these gifts back. I'm about to shut it down if you don't be quiet. But she was insistent. I, I cannot wait any longer for Christmas to be here. And that from the time they wrote their list to the time this morning when they actually opened the gifts, 
there is this period of delay. And during the delay, there is intense anticipation that is built up over them and in them to the point where they are like feeling they're about to explode because they cannot wait any longer. And I can only imagine that when Adam and Eve also in their mind wrote their list, they didn't fully understand how long it would take for their gifts to actually arrive. It, it took, yeah, we can look through salvation history and look chronologically at when the books were written, and we know from the time of Adam until the time of the time of, of Jesus coming in that first Christmas was thousands of years. Like it wasn't just a couple hundred or a couple 10, 20, 30 days. No, it was thousands of years from the moment of transgression to the moment of redemption. When Christ is born on this day, some 2,000 years ago, what Christ's birth actually represents is him delivering, God delivering to humanity on the list that I believe Adam and Eve wrote some three, 4,000 years prior. Because when they were in the garden, it was very clear that there was shame and there was fear and there was emptiness and there was a void and they were longing for something to fill that void. So much so that Christ come, God comes down and he says, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put enmity between the woman and between your seed, between the serpent and between the woman and, and he will, he will, uh, uh, you will bruise his heel but he will crush your head. And in that moment, it's almost as if God is giving us a glimpse at that one day, the gift, the promise the Redeemer will come and he will actually begin to restore what has been lost in this moment. He will actually keep his promise and, and, and give you back everything that you have just forfeited. That I see your list. I see your list. And I will get you everything on that list. And so the Bible tells us in Luke in chapter 2 that, and we read it in Luke in chapter 2, he says, as the shepherds come and they gather and the angel comes and the angel says, listen, the Messiah is going to be born. And when the angel shows up in Luke in chapter 2 and verse 10, the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The angel comes and the angel declares to, to, to the shepherds, but not just to the shepherds, because you can also read in Luke chapter 1 where he talks to Mary. You can also read in Luke chapter 1 where he talks to Zechariah. You can read in Matthew chapter 1 where he talks to Joseph. And in every instance, he's saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. But in Luke in chapter 2, he specifically says, I bring you good news that will, that will cause great joy for all the people. And so, and so on this Christmas, when I'm sure you have already already opened your gifts and and depending on you know how old your kids are you may have gotten them something electronic you may have gotten them a toy you may have gotten them some clothing or maybe they're at that age where they don't want you to buy them anything just give them money like whatever you got your kids all of that does not even compare to the gift that God gave us through his son it is a gift he says that will bring that will cause excuse me that will cause great joy for all people, because in this baby Jesus, God is restoring back to us everything that was forfeited in the garden. 
Christmas is a season of joy. It is a time of joy, the gifts under the tree. But it is much, it is much bigger and broader and deeper than just gifts that we buy from the Apple store for Amazon for our kids. Christmas is this season where we are able to just reflect and be overwhelmed with, with gratitude for the true gift that God has given us in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, what, what, happened, what happened in Genesis 3 is that fear entered into Adam and Eve's heart. And from Genesis 3 all the way to December 25th, 2021, fear has reigned. But what Christ said when he was born some 2,000 years ago, he says, I am now bringing an end to fear. That fear no longer has to have dominion over you or master you or compel you or control you. That now, because my son has come, that, 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 that now you no longer have to be afraid. You no longer have to be afraid of your past. Your past has been pardoned. You no longer have to be afraid of your present circumstances because now through my son and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you, know how, you now have power to rule and to reign supreme over your present circumstances. And you no longer have to be afraid of your future and what will or won't, hap or won't happen because now your, futures, your, your, your future is ordained by the promise of God that you will prosper that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you don't need to be afraid any longer because Jesus has been born. And so this gift of God that we celebrate today is much, much greater than any material possessions that we could buy our loved ones. It's greater than any clothing, piece of clothing or, or piece of technology, as much as you might have wanted those things or they were on your list. But this gift that God has given us that we celebrate today is that he has given us exceeding joy because you and I no longer have to be afraid. I don't know, I don't know if, we've, if we fully com computed that. I don't know if we fully... Like, like totally allow that to truly just sink into our, to our psyche because for so many of us, we still live in fear. Like, yeah, we know Jesus is here, but we still allow fear to kind of control us and fear to kind of like, you know, ha allow its, you know, uh, 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 fingers and, and nails to kind of dig into our lives and to kind of, kind of pull the, the, the strings of our lives. Christ says, you no longer have to be afraid. No longer have to be afraid. Now, I love this. Now, he says, the overriding emotion, the overriding principle, the overriding uh, 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 just, just feeling that should guide and, and guard and move our lives, that should animate, um, animate our lives is no longer fear. But the overriding feeling that should animate our lives is joy. He says, he says, he says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause 
great joy for all people. The, the great challenge that you and I have is that we have, and I've said this so many times to you, and I want to say it this one last time. We have, we have taken the joy that was promised us, and we have cast it into the future, and we say to ourselves, yes, when Christ comes again, I will have joy. But as for me right now, I got some frustration. I got some annoyance. I got some pain. I got some sadness. The great challenge for us is to not just attribute the joy to the future coming of the Lord, but to allow the joy to become personal for us today. So that the same joy you experienced when your kids came running downstairs or when you were a kid and you went running downstairs or when you see that Christmas holiday coming, that joy that animates your soul around this holiday, that this joy should not just be something we experience one day, one day uh, uh, a year around this Christmas holiday, but this joy should be something that permeates through our entire lives every single day. Because Jesus has come. And because Jesus has come, there is literally nothing that we should be afraid of. And so we can face every problem and every situation and every difficulty and every frustration with confidence to know that he saw it before it happened. He has prepared a solution for me. All I have to do is walk in confidence that he is walking with me. And I, I need not be afraid, but the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Joy. I want to pray for you today that amidst all of the gifts that were maybe were passed out at your house, or the text messages that you sent to your family and friends if you're not around them right now, or the cards that you mailed to others, or the, 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 the box of chocolates that you took to your neighbors, or that they brought to your house. I wanna pray for you today that out of all of your Christmas activity, that you also get joy. I wanna pray that of everything that you have received or given, that you also receive joy. It was something that we lost in Genesis 3. It was something that was restored to us in Luke chapter 2. And from Luke 2 until December 25th, 2021, the Holy Spirit has been trying to pour out His Holy Spirit, His Spirit into our lives that you and I might experience joy. Troy, this is the great gift of Christmas, and this is what Christmas is all about, that we need not no longer be afraid, but now we can live a life filled with joy, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of our marital status, regardless of our financial status, regardless of our professional status, regardless of our health status, that we can live with joy because Jesus has come. Let me pray for you. Father, 
in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have given us your son, the Christ, the Messiah, was born on this day, and that we need not be afraid, but now we can experience joy again. Lord, I just pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would flow into our lives and allow your joy to bubble up and overflow all of our hearts. That when Monday morning comes, when we get back into this new year next year and in in just a week, when we get back into the rhythm of life and where once again the trees are down, the lights are down, the, the family has returned home, and we're back in the regular mundaneness of life, that God, our lives would forever be characterized by joy because the Christ has come as a baby and he is living in our hearts. Lord, this is my prayer for your people, for this church, that from this point forward, we would experience exceeding joy. We thank you for hearing and for answering. In Jesus' name, amen.